Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today with our study going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 10, which says, And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. Now, as we've been going through this section of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4, and we've been seeing how the Apostle Paul has shifted into the aspects of the practical life of a believer and how it is that the Word of God should actually be working out of an individual once they've put their trust in the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and someone putting their trust in that and that alone is what gives someone salvation today. Once that happens, the word should start to be working in them to produce a change in their life. And this is where the word is going to be working. The doctrine that Paul has given is going to have that influence. Paul starts talking about how it is that this should all occur. And we've been looking here at these things about how Paul has been talking about the love that they should be demonstrating and how as he's discussing this, we see this word beseech that Paul is using here to describe how it is that he is looking at things and really wanting to see the influence of this occur in their life. And last time we kind of left off with really defining what the idea of beseech means and how beseech really means that Paul is begging for this to occur. And it's a much different aspect of things of that comparison between what you see from Israel's program where there was all of these things of commanding them that they have to do these things. And if they don't do them, there's going to be some significant issues going on to where it could actually have an impact on who they are, an impact on their ability to not only enter into the kingdom, but also, you know, even on their impact of their salvation in that as well. Now, when we look at this idea of beseech or, you know, as we're going to kind of define it, this begging that Paul is doing here, we see how all throughout Paul's epistles, as Paul is dealing with the members of the body of Christ, we see how he uses this idea of besiege, begging for these things to occur, because 
an individual has the choice of if they're going to do certain things according to what the doctrine says. And if they make the choice to do those things, then they're going to build the gold, silver, and precious stones at the judgment seat of Christ. If they choose not to do those things, instead of building the gold, silver, and precious stones, they're going to build wood, hay, and stubble, impacting the reward that they should get. But it's all based on the choice that the individual is going to make. Now, what we're going to do today is really look at some of these passages that the Apostle Paul uses this idea of beseech. And we're going to see how it is that Paul is doing this in the context of what he's writing here. So we're going to turn back to the book of Romans. We're going to kind of work our way from Romans through Paul's epistles here. And, you know, these the idea of beseech goes all the way from Romans to Philemon. So we're going to really do a walkthrough of Paul's epistles with this. And we see here in Romans 12, we're going to see here, you know, a familiar passage that we've looked at before. We're going to read the first two verses of Romans chapter 12, which say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this very first passage that we see with this aspect of beseeching, we see how, again, it begins right with that aspect of the practical information that the Apostle Paul is giving to these saints and how he's begging them that they're going to function in the manner of that they're going to be this living sacrifice they're going to be transformed by the renewing of their mind begging that they're going to allow for these things to actually occur and that they're not going to be conform to this world as individuals really you know when you look at how everyone you know tends to function you see that there's a functioning that occurs of where individuals are really conformed to the things of this world now let's turn over here in the book of romans let's turn to chapter number 15 and we're going to see how you know, there's going to be an aspect here of, you know, as Paul's beseeching here in verse number 30 of Romans 15, where it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. So now he's actually having to beseech them that they're going to pray for Paul, that they're going to pray for him in the aspect of that he's going to be able to do all of the things. And when you look at the context of this section of Romans 15, he had been laying out, here's the plans of what I'm going to do related to my travel and ministering of 
the information related to the dispensation of the grace of God. And he's saying, I'm begging that you're going to, you know, you know, be unified with me in prayer and that we're going to strive together, praying to God related to this occurring. That's what he's begging for them to do. You know, he's begging related to their prayer life. Let's turn over to chapter number 16. And we're going to see a third time that Paul's going to use this aspect of beseech here. And we're going to read verse number 17 of Romans 16. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. So now he's begging for these individuals to mark those that are causing these divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine. And he's begging them to do this, and, and once that way they're going to learn to avoid them, and two, that way they're going to be able to have an understanding of what the doctrine actually is for this dispensation. Now, there are a lot of things actually built into this verse that individuals, unfortunately today, really almost take out of their context and try to make it more than what it is. And you know, maybe sometime in a future episode, we'll get into more of the details of what Paul actually means here in Romans 16 related to this idea of marking individuals which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine. Now, let's turn over here to Paul's ne next epistle as they're laid out in our Bible here. We're going to turn over into 1 Corinthians and we're going to turn to chapter number 1. And we're going to see how Paul is going to, again, as he's starting out this epistle, we're going to see him use this here in, in chapter 1. We're going to read here verse number 10, where it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together, in the same mind and in the same judgment. So now there's a begging that the Apostle Paul is doing here related to these saints in Corinth of the fact that they need to be unified in what it is that they're doing. Now, the previous passage we just read talked about how beseeching to avoid those which are causing divisions. This one's now talking about beseeching that there's going to be a unification of the ideas of following the doctrine which has been given to the Apostle Paul. And that's why we see here in our next passage related to this idea of beseeching, how it's going to be continuing that same thought process when we go over here to chapter number 4 of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to read here verse number 16, which says, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. So he's now having to beg them that they're going to be 
followers of the Apostle Paul. Now, to be a follower of the Apostle Paul means that an individual is following the doctrine which has been given to Paul. Now, later on in this same epistle, he'll say in chapter 11 about follow me as I followed Christ. Now, and it's important to bring that up because individuals will really say that those of us who understand right division, that we really make too much of the Apostle Paul, that we are worshiping Paul instead of worshiping Christ. But it's Paul who's telling us to follow him as he followed Christ. It's Paul who tells us that the information that he received, it's not his thoughts, it's information which he received from direct revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we're doing the things given to us by the Apostle Paul, all of that is laid out related to what it is that the Lord Jesus Christ would be having us do today during this dispensation. So, and Paul has to, again, beseech individuals to do this because, you know, there's so many things of where people want to take somebody away from what it is that has been given to us by Paul. And, you know, downplaying who Paul is. You know, I've had discussions with individuals and they'll make statements of, you know, if I had to choose between what's written by Paul and what's you know said by the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to pick what's said by the Lord Jesus Christ every time. And what they mean by that is, well, I'm going to follow the red letters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, try to apply that as doctrine to my life, even though you know, that's telling me I have to follow the law. It's telling me that salvation is of the Jews. It's telling me that... He wasn't sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, telling the disciples to not go into the way of the Gentiles. He's telling people that they, you know, when they ask, what do they have to do to be saved, that they have to keep the commandments. You know, they also leave out the end of that passage where he tells them to sell all you have, give to the poor and follow me, because they don't want to follow that piece of it. You know, so they're still kind of picking and choosing exactly what parts of following Christ that they're doing. Paul has to say, follow me as I follow Christ. He has to beseech individuals to follow him because he knows that the tendency is going to be to try to just bypass this doctrine. That's what the world system wants to have happen. Let's turn over here. The chapter number 16 of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to see how there's going to be another discussion here using this word beseech here. And we're going to read verse number 15 of 1 Corinthians 16. It says, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus is in the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. So, 
as he's talking about, again, in this practical section here of this epistle, and as he's kind of naming some individuals that, you know, they should be looking at, he holds up this household, the house of Stephanus, you know, re- related to the fact that they've, it says, addicted themselves to the care of the saints. So they've been demonstrating this love that we've been spending all of these episodes actually talking about and how as they're demonstrating this love that he's having to say to these saints that he's beseeching them that they would follow this pattern that's been laid out for them by these individuals. As he's holding them up, he's saying that this is what it is that you should be doing in that manner. Now, let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. And we're going to see here in this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2 that... You know, to kind of lay out the background of what's going on here. You know, if you write in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, and the individual who he tells him to turn over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh because this individual's having a sexual relationship with his mother in law. And how is it, you know, you need to kind of cut him off, you know, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Now, what you have is by the time Paul's writing 2 Corinthians that the individual has you know, turned their life around. They've stopped doing this. And what he's now having to beseech them when you pick up here, we're going to read, start here, verse 6. As sufficient as such a man is this punishment which was afflicted of many, so that contrary wise you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him Lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. So what he's beseeching, and we just write kind of the middle part of this section here, that he's beseeching them of the fact that, okay, you know, we had, you turn him over to the destruction of the flesh. He came back, and now the fact that he's come back, you need to be demonstrating that love towards this individual. Looking at it from the aspect of, you know, he's part of the body of Christ. He's where he should be. And now you need to be treating him as you would the members of the body of Christ. You need to be doing those things that would demonstrate that love and care that you would have for him as that member of the body of Christ. And by the fact that he has to beg them to do that means that they were not naturally doing this in their relationship with this individual. Now let's turn over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to turn to verse number 20. And we're going to see here a thing of where 
Paul, you know, as he's dealing with this aspect of the reconciliation that's made a reference to here and how you know, verses 18 and 19 are talking about an aspect of reconciliation which says, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we see how verses 18 and 19 are things of you know, what has actually already occurred. Now, we see here of how what he's going to say in verse number 20, that there's something that he has to now beseech them with. And when he says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So there's really two different things going on here and how Paul's having to say, you know what? I'm begging you that you're going to have this reconciliation occur, that you're going to have this, you know, and when you look at that idea of reconciliation, it's a the restoring of that fellowship that was originally there, and how Paul's saying, you know what, I'm beseeching that you're going to have this occur, and as you're having this occur, you're going to function in the manner of where you know, verse 18 is talking about how we have a ministry of reconciliation, that we have the word of reconciliation in verse 19, and that we're to be functioning as ambassadors in verse number 20. So as the ambassador, you know, we have that responsibility to be going out and performing this ministry and performing this ministry related to the word of reconciliation, which has been given unto us. That word of reconciliation is the gospel message which has been given unto us today. That gospel, which, you know, in the very beginning of this episode, I had made a reference to the gospel that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the first four verses. The only thing that can provide salvation today this is what we're to be going out and sharing with individuals. Why Paul talks about the fact that it was he saw his responsibility it was to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And that aspect would have the twofold thing of related to what God's will is, that God's will is that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. So that functioning as that ambassador for Christ, functioning related to this word that's been you know, given unto us, it's the aspect of to bring salvation to individuals. And then once salvation is there, the next aspect is to, make, to have individuals come unto the knowledge of the truth, which means that we're to be edifying individuals giving them the information that they're going to need 
to then be able to function properly according to what the doctrine is that's been given to us today. Now, we only made it about halfway through the list of these passages where the Apostle Paul is using this term of beseeching related to the members of the body of Christ. Well, next week we'll finish up looking at those passages. You know, we have a couple more in Second Corinthians. We have one in Galatians, one in Ephesians, one in Philippians. You know, the passages of First Thessalonians in the chapter four, which we've been looking at. There's another one in chapter five. There's one in Second Thessalonians, and then there's a passage in the book of Philemon that uses this term as well. That's what we'll be looking at next week in our episode here. And as we close out, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word, Rightly Divided. We have information on how to join our Sunday service and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our website, anything in our broadcast, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.